You're listening to the Bookkeepers Podcast with the 6FB, the weekly podcast for bookkeepers. Every week, we'll be talking about what's new in the bookkeeping world. And here are your hosts and founders of the Six Figure Bookkeeper, Joe Wood and Zoe Whitman. Hi, and welcome back to Bookkeepers Bootcamp. I'm Zoe Whitman. I'm here with Joe Wood, and we're joined by Andrew and Pete. How are you guys? We are good. Happy Friday, everybody. Friday. Well done, um, Zoe and Joe. Sounds like an epic event so far. It's been pretty good. We've had so much fun. This has been an amazing week. It's been full on. I think you could see from our faces we're a little bit tired, but we're loving it. Absolutely loving it. And thanks everyone. You look look wide awake. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) It's all the lights. I think we had a session a little while ago, and people were talking about like what lighting, like all the lights, all the lights, all the lights you need. Oh, well, thanks everyone for joining us live. Let us know if you're here live. Let us know if you're watching the replay. Come and ask us your questions, Andrew and Pete. I've just got so much knowledge and information and inspiration for you guys as well. So come and ask anything that you've got on your mind. You might have heard them talking to us a few weeks ago on the Bookkeepers podcast. Um, But today what we'd love to do is really reflect on everything that we've been learning this week and how we can bring it together in one marketing strategy that's gonna help you to stand out as a bookkeeper. I think we've covered everything you could possibly think of, but which bits of those, what is right for you? And what do you do next? This is a big ask, Andrew and Pete. (laughs) 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 We're ready, we're ready. Bring the hard questions on. I'm very good at delegating those to Pete, so yeah. (laughs) Is that that's a great question, isn't it, Pete? <laughs> <laughs> now feel free to ask any any questions in the comments. Uh, we are we're more than happy to help. Yeah, how do we like how can we I think the big thing for bookkeepers right now is how to stand out and mm-hmm. like I think a lot of people think that they are maybe late to social media or it's too late to start or everyone's already doing it. What would you say to people who are in that camp right now? I would say social media is forever changing, right? Like it's forever changing. There's always new features. There's always new stuff. So I don't think it's like ever possible to be late to social media because like there's always new things that you can do. So like don't let that hold you back at all. Like that's not a reason. And and you know what? Like who cares if it's late to the ball like it just gives you more impetus to like get going with it harder now put more effort into it and there's always room for another person like if someone hasn't found a bookkeeper yet or isn't happy with a bookkeeper they're open to finding another bookkeeper and that could be you watching this very live right now and don't get bogged down by that just you just have to get going with it and you know what bookkeepers i don't expect much from a bookkeeper's social media account so if you can do anything remotely interesting then you're winning um i don't think the the benchmark is set quite as high in that industry as perhaps it is for other industries so i don't think you have to do much to really make some difference and make an impact stand out that is so true it's like you would yeah. actually not be behind. I no. think like if you were doing social media really well, like today, and you started today, you'd probably be ahead of the curve of most of your industry. Yeah, in like a month. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And Laura's just said, which is so true, new business owners are being born every day too. So there's a revolving market of people to get yourself in front of, which is absolutely the truth so so, like closing every day as well not just starting but also closing like Like in a year (laughs) in a year's time 80 percent of all the bookkeepers that start up they're going to be gone so you know you can be the 20 percent that makes it absolutely and the fact that they're here showing up live all of these events learning uh, this is what I keep saying. We are the top 1% of those bookkeepers that are out there that mm-hmm. are growing and engaging and trying to do our best. And, yeah, we might not have been amazing at it so far, but exactly. we there, There's not many people out there that are our competition. And we've had a few business owners on this week, and they're like, where are you? I've never seen a book. I need a bookkeeper. And, and I've never seen one on my social media feed. Where are you? And yeah. I think that's hit yeah. some of us quite hard. Like, wow. 
actually, yeah, we've been hiding. Okay, so imagine. So I want to talk strategy because we have heard about LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook groups, TikTok we've Clubhouse. mentioned. We've mentioned. Clubhouse, Clubhouse, Twitter. Ah, we've we've heard it all, right? So you're you are thinking as a bookkeeper, okay, I've got I know I can show up. I know that doing something is better than nothing. I know that done is better than perfect. I know that people by people, I've listened to everything Joe and Zoe and all of their guests have said this week. I want to make a start. What do you do? Do you? Okay. choose just one platform do you choose loads of platforms how many times do you show up ah all of those questions <laughs> this is a really really good platform uh, a good uh, a good question really good question and we thought about this very 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 long and hard we've done a lot of research into this very question we've interviewed so many people successful and non-successful people and we've spoke all over the world on exactly this topic and here's here's our thoughts Okay. Done is better than perfect. You might agree with that, but we don't. We don't agree that done is better than perfect necessarily. We don't agree that doing something is better than doing nothing. Because actually, think about it this way. If you put something average out there on like your Instagram story, for example, and people see it and then they're like, okay, that's average, that's boring, not interested, swipe. The next person comes along, okay, fun, engaging, whatever. Are you gonna, are they gonna watch your Instagram story again? Probably not. You're not gonna click on that little face because it was boring last time you clicked on that little face. If you read a blog from a bookkeeper that was utterly boring and average, are you gonna go back and read the next blog? Probably not. If you see an email that's utterly boring, are you gonna keep subscribed to that email list? Probably not. Now. There's a huge difference here between getting started and improving and trying to be the best you can possibly be at your level versus constantly thinking like done is better than perfect. There's a massive, massive difference there. So we want you all to do your best and get started and it is a learning curve, but you absolutely need to try your best Otherwise, it's it's like it's a diminishing returns, and that's when you become fed up and lose faith with it. Now, with regards to doing everything, or what platforms do you choose? If you try and do them all, you are going to fail because you can't be good at all of the platforms. Like, there's no one that's really good at all the platforms, and the people that are are special cases that have teams they've built up and. If you actually look back in their past history, they all did really well doing one thing first. They all did one thing remarkably well first. That gave them enough resources, money, budget to then start to repurpose and do other things on other platforms really, really well. So when it comes to what to choose, experiment, play with them all, do do whatever you want for a few, for a little while, right? But then eventually, you want to just do one thing remarkably well. Mm-hmm. You just want to narrow it down. And usually it's it's chosen by where you get the most results or where you yeah. find the most enjoyable. And we don't want to scare anyone. I feel like sometimes when we say like done isn't necessarily better than perfect, people get a little bit like, oh my God, I need to be perfect. And that's not the case either. I don't think like you need like done and perfect aren't the only two options, right? Because like perfect is something that you're not going to achieve. I don't think anyone can ever be perfect at social media, but you can definitely be better than just done. And I think this whole like using, like just putting something out there for the sake of it, like Pete said, it's just not gonna get you anywhere. And it annoys us when people kind of tout, we need to be on all of these different platforms and like done is better than perfect. And like, we should just like get something out there because it's it's just not going to get you anywhere. It's like literally not going to get you anywhere. As small business owners, like we don't have the time to be everywhere. But yeah. also, like if we're just creating average content, that's not going to do us any good anyway. And like the compromise here is doing less stuff. Like do less stuff, but do less stuff better. And keep getting better, better at it. Yeah. I can't help thinking that maybe that's why the bookkeepers who, uh, so when we've been told that people aren't being seen in their feeds, they're not saying bookkeepers, 
is it because their stuff is just bo the boring here is a picture of my office kind of stuff perhaps. i think perhaps potentially i think that and it's not just bookkeepers like we see it across like every industry so like don't think like like that you're alone in this definitely not but like if it's it's very hard to stand out on social media these days compared to like what it was 10 years ago when it was like novel, like social media is not novel anymore. Like everyone is on social media. We're all used to content. So many, like the algorithm is there because like Facebook literally cannot show you every single post in chronological order or it would just go. It's like, <laughs> or it would show you all the boring posts that you don't care about. Yeah, it's like, so we need to do something different. We do need to kind of stand out in our industry. And yeah, part of that is saying, you know what? Like, I don't like Twitter. Or I don't like LinkedIn. So I'm not going to be on there. I really like Instagram. And this is where I'm going to put my attention. I'm going to take all the time I was doing, trying to do everything. And I'm just going to do this really well. Well, that's interesting because Lisa's just posted. She's she's loving the fun reels. Lisa does brilliant reels. She's really I love it. Um, and she's she loves doing Insta, but she's finding that she she thinks she needs to target Facebook and LinkedIn, but she doesn't enjoy them as much. So it feels like an uphill battle. What would you say to someone like Lisa? Ditch Facebook and ditch LinkedIn. It's like yeah, you can maybe if you want like a little presence on there, you can like repurpose some of your reels on there potentially. Kind of knowing that it's probably not going to do all that much, but I'm like doing keeping up something on those. But like on Instagram, I'm not just going to do something. Like the reels are working. Like I really enjoy doing it. Why spend time doing something that you don't enjoy doing that you feel like a, is an uphill battle? Like we say to people, if like let's take reels for an example. If reels are working for you and you're posting like three a week on insta and you feel like you're in a really good routine and now i'm gonna go and add in facebook it's like no do more reels like double the amount of reels you're creating if that's really working and you get and you're getting business from it more importantly yeah it's it's about reallocating the effort and the time so rather than spend an hour on three platforms spend three hours on one platform like it would be much easier to build up an audience of like 10,000 followers on Instagram, and then one day go, hey, I now do so-and-so on Facebook. Go follow me there as well. You would get way more people there in one day than you would do in like three years trying to do both or three at the same time. Or stick with doing three, but do three amazing reels, like up the quality of the reels that you're currently doing if you want. Like all the studies show the more time we spent on whatever content we're creating, whether it's reels or podcasts or LinkedIn or whatever, like the more time we spend, the better that they do for us. There's a, a guy called Andy Crestadina. He runs a company called Orbit Media. Every year he does like this huge, yeah, he's amazing. Go check him out. Every year he does like this huge survey of content creators and he asks them like, how much time do you spend? And really important, he asks, do you see um, a return on the investment for the content you create? And then he like works out, okay, what is, how much time do we need to be spending to actually see returns? And every single year it comes back, the more time we spend, the more returns we get on the content. And, and literally the, the tag for like strong correlation of return to the content is like six hours plus, like for, for a blog, for example. It's scary. Oh. Do you guys, you must follow a guy called Brooke Johnson. Uh, he's on Instagram oh, no, and TikTok. Oh, okay. So he, he posted something really scary yesterday about like a schedule for what you should do on Instagram. And it was like, post a reel, then spend two hours engaging and do a story and do this and then do another reel. And, and someone will put in the comments, well, thank you for showing me that you don't have children. <laughs> 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 but like it is you could really easily make this a full-time job so it's focusing on like what is the thing the mm -hmm. return on investment is important and i think mm -hmm. that we can get quite carried away with this is really fun i i've done it before like i want to do that just because it looks really fun and i'll like i spend time making reels and my family don't know what i do for a living <laughs> and um it but it's it and it does get engagement and i know that it makes a difference for what we do but mm -hmm. I think it's important to remember that you are doing something that's going to help your audience or your potential clients to know you and trust you. 
So is it okay to go a bit off topic? If you want to do things like reels, is it all right to go out and follow trends or do we need to remember to be professional and only talk about bookkeeping? I don't know. (laughs) I think it's definitely okay to go off topic. It's definitely okay to show a bit more personality and sometimes talk about stuff that isn't necessarily your industry, just to give people a little bit of behind the scenes, let people kind of get to know you a bit. I do think it does need to be centered in like solving your potential customers' problems. And I do think some accounts I see just go like way too far the other way and they'll like do the trending, especially on reels, I see it all the time. Like they'll do like all the trending dances and all the trending stuff. And you almost forget it's a business account. And yes, have fun, but like, don't forget, like you're trying to build an audience of potential customers. Like you're not trying to become an influencer with millions and millions of subscribers or millions and millions of followers. It's like you want good people for your business to be following you. And like, if you want like a strategy, like all you need to do is build an audience and then convert the audience. Like that's all you need to think. Like how are we building an audience of potential customers? And then how are we taking that audience and moving them into sales conversations and then finally moving them into customers? Also just like adding to that, on the topic of <clears throat> what to talk about, we often talk about content rich versus content poor industries. And Content rich industries is, for example, marketing. So we do marketing, we can talk about what we do and our potential customers will be interested in marketing and hiring us to do their marketing. However, if you're a content poor industry, I would say bookkeeping edges on content poor in the sense that if you talk about what you do, people may not really be interested in what you do. They just wanna hire you to do it for them. Now, there's a degree with that. I think there's some core stuff that people would love to know about bookkeeping that would really help them. But I also think if you really, really want to build a big audience, like I would stretch beyond the scope of just bookkeeping and what you do. And if you think about the actual problems people are having, like why do they hire a bookkeeper? Well, if your target market is a, uh, I don't know, creative solopreneurs then they've got loads of pain points that you could be talking about and curating from other information that you find around the world you don't have to be the expert and everything but you can curate knowledge as well to attract and like to identify with those pain points of your potential customer so it's not necessarily just talking about bookkeeping because i don't want to follow a bookkeeper because i don't care about it in, in that sense I, I have someone that does it or I want someone to do it for me um so I don't need to follow a bookkeeper for bookkeeping advice however mm-hmm. there's lots of things that I am interested in knowing about that you could talk about to attract me and if I prefer you and I like you and maybe my bookkeeper that I'm using currently isn't hitting the mark and recently we have changed bookkeeper so and we went with someone that seemed really nice and they looked good on the social media profiles and we checked them out and they were like, oh, they seem really cool. Um, And we had a chat and they were nice and we went with them. So like, it's never too late and you don't have to talk about just bookkeeping. (laughs) I do think there's lots of things they can talk about around bookkeeping. I think so too, I think so too. I think there's loads of, especially just thinking, Outside of like reconciling accounts, it's like thinking of like outside of that for a second, it's like, what can you write off? Like what cool tools can you use? Like how can you do better like planning? How can you do better forecasting? Like I bet there's loads of stuff that you know and might take for granted that would be really interesting to your potential clients. Like like in um in our membership, we the very first thing we teach people is um, how to do what we call a reality forecast, which is, and it comes with a template. And I'll be honest with you guys, it's just a really, really simplistic version of a cash flow, cash flow forecast, but we've made it sound a bit cooler, right? <laughs> and we we get people to do it and we use it to help them map out and forecast like 
um, where the most profitable areas in the business are, if they could hire an outsourcer, if they could do this, what happens if they run out of money, how long do they have before they need to get new sales, et cetera, et cetera. And it helps them make better decisions. Mm-hmm. Talking about stuff like that would be really interesting. Like our members love it. Um, but yeah, like I said, like it's making it more interesting. Yeah. One of the comments um, from Claire is that she put out an infographic on Facebook about how payments on account work and it got loads of engagement. She thought it was really boring, but it was clearly what everyone wanted to know. Exactly <laughs> that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when they did the, um, when we started lockdown and the government announced all their different grants and it depended whether you were a limited company or a sole trader, what would happen? I had an infographic like yeah. that and people were sharing it everywhere. So right. if you can get people to, uh, if you've got something that really, yeah, solves a problem and, and visually can be really helpful for people who, there are so many people who say they hate numbers and it freaks them out and they can't look at a spreadsheet. So if you can get it across in a different way, that could be really helpful. We call that a, a reaction spike. So what Claire had there was a reaction spike. So it's clearly done better than some other content that she's got. And like, Claire, don't think that's a one-off. Like if that's done really well, I would be thinking, right, what can I do now? It's like, was it the infographic that really worked? Did people really like that format? Was it the content of the infographic? Like what resonated with people? How can we do more of that? Yes, and how could, so how could you go and do that in another way, in a video, in a a post, a text post? I mean, it could be like the content. It could be, like I would, the first thing I would do is try another infographic. Okay, that infographics work. Let's do another infographic. We call it like your content stump. Like what does, what makes your, what is that one thing that like sets your content apart? Like maybe really cool, easy to understand infographics is what's going to really work for Claire. And then Claire, that's all Claire should be doing. It's like just create awesome infographic after awesome infographic. And it makes it referable then. Like that's what you want. You you want your content to be referable. So it's like, oh my God, you should follow the, follow Claire because she makes these like, really awesome infographics mm-hmm. and it's like she makes the boring like just kind of easy to consume yeah and like that is a great content stamp that is referable and if you were to go to Claire's page and that's all you saw you'd be like this is awesome follow yeah 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 it's kind of creating so this is an extension of your brand by the type of post so like for Zoe she's known for her reels because that's what she creates. She creates. So it's not even just being known on a platform. It's being known for what you do in that platform. Yeah, and yeah. people like consistency because people like to know what they're going to get from you. And I've never thought of it like that. So you've, my mind has just been blown a little bit. <laughs> and uh, I'm trying okay. to think of, oh, I don't know what I've uh, But going back and looking at something, okay, was that just random that it really worked well or did I get something that everyone else wanted and what was that and how do I do more of that and you can just it's again we keep saying it's consistency isn't it so if you find something that works keep doing it and don't keep thinking because like you say as well Andrew there's so like social media is changing all the time and yes you can you know tweak things here and there but don't think you have to keep reinventing the wheel find something that works this week I've had two inbounds leads from LinkedIn um with multi-million pound businesses and I I now need to think what where did they see me what did I do and all I've been really doing is engaging and commenting on other people's posts I might have put out a couple of things but I'm I'm like I'm, I'm so I need to go back and think how has that been achieved and maybe, yeah, I need to do more things on LinkedIn. And actually, do you know what I've been doing on LinkedIn is talking about the fact that I'm helping other bookkeepers. So that must be making me look like, well, she must be an expert yes. in the bookkeeping world. So it must be something to do with that. But um, you know yeah, and I do include a lot well. of Yorkshire puddings on my posts. You're right. People like to see how my Sunday <laughs> roasts go out according to how much Prosecco I've drunk. <laughs> that's an interesting i want to see a graph on that (laughs) yes there is a graph it needs to be a graph you know what you need to do though as well like don't be afraid to ask when you get in leads or when you get in new customers we always ask every single person that joins our membership um where was the first time you came across us that's really important and then like what inspired you today to join and if you're not asking those two things, then you're just using your gut and your gut might be wrong. And like when you start asking those questions and you start seeing 
oh, I saw you, I came across you on LinkedIn. I really like that Yorkshire pudding post or that infographic was like, I thought was really cool. And it like it made me want to reach out to you. That gives you the confidence to like keep it up. Because if we're not measuring the actual results of our content, it becomes very easy to just ignore it on the to-do list because you start to think, is this actually working? Is this actually working? Mm. So you need to start like now, even before you've even started creating content, like just put it in your onboarding process. Like, where did you come across me? And um, why did you decide like today was the day that you needed a new bookkeeper or you booked in that, that discovery call or, or whatever that first step is? Yeah. Um, you'll get great data on like what's working and what's not. And they'll give you more confidence to like keep it up. Oh yeah, on the confidence part. So um, just thinking about like being on the edge of what is your like area of things that you would feel comfortable talking about and what's relevant to what you do. I put a post yesterday in our Facebook group about a spider uh, that was in my house, <laughs> terrified of spiders. And uh, the the extent that I went to, to not have to look at the spider while I caught it and get it outside. I didn't release it, I had to let my husband do it. And, um, and that was probably, I don't really, I'm not a great Facebook user and I don't post a lot in our group with things like that. It was probably one of the most personal things I've put in there for a while and it went mad. Like that we went on all evening we were talking about that spider and what had happened to it. And then I was like, oh, I should put this on LinkedIn. And I was like, oh, oh, no, no, I can't. I can't put it on LinkedIn. And there was something about just getting it there that I decided, no, this isn't the right place to put it. How okay, should I put it on LinkedIn? And what would you say to people who are thinking, I don't know if I can be myself everywhere or in a on the particular platform that I want to be using? Okay, the LinkedIn, but should you have put it on LinkedIn question first? I would have said no to putting it on LinkedIn, but not because I deem it too unprofessional for LinkedIn. Like if LinkedIn is your chosen platform, then put that post on LinkedIn, right? but we're not big fans of posting the same content on different platforms so close to each other. Maybe like a week later, maybe a few weeks later, we can like repurpose it. We wouldn't necessarily put the same thing because like that blew up in your Facebook because everybody loved it and everybody probably commented it and liked it. If you would post it on your LinkedIn and people started commenting it on it on there as well, then if they see it on Facebook, they might choose not to. And that's like not helping you in, in the algorithm. So if it's, if you've got like a piece of content that's doing well, I wouldn't post it somewhere else. Maybe a few weeks later, I feel like it could be, or like if you really want to grow LinkedIn, it was a bit of a fluke on your Facebook. Next time you see a spider, potentially that's a good LinkedIn post. Um, mm. But if LinkedIn is your platform, be personable on LinkedIn. I yeah. feel like this LinkedIn is the business network yeah it is but like we said earlier people should have a little look behind the scenes and kind of like get to know you and it's not necessarily every day you're going to be doing that on linkedin but like once a week or like once a fortnight showing a little bit more personality then yeah are you okay I think um, someone, Claire's saying here, she would have put it on LinkedIn. I put it in my Instagram stories. Oh my God, there's a spider. Like that, that, can, that, that seems for me, that's more like the timely, it disappears in 24 hours. That seems like the right place to put it. And that's where I'd naturally be anyway. Um, but it, it, it was, it, we spoke about LinkedIn quite a lot this week. And I think that that's just an example of how it can feel like, I don't know whether this is the right thing for me to be posting and uh, are we holding ourselves back or actually is there something a bit more strategic we need to think about? And like you've said, it's, it does it belong here? Are our audience looking for this kind of thing? And are we going to detract from something else that's going on for us? Yeah. You know what, you know what I'd like to just like chip in and say, and you haven't, you haven't asked this question, but just wanted to talk about like sales a little bit more as well, because, um, Creating content is great and you'll build up an audience and that audience will in turn be easier to sell to and most likely to refer to you and keep you in mind and so forth. Um, but you don't necessarily need a big audience to get clients. And one of the things that I'd recommend to everyone is trying to be a little bit more proactive with, with, with reaching out to people, not necessarily in like a spammy way, but just to make connections. So for example, Joe, you were saying on LinkedIn, you've been commenting on other people's stuff, right? That is, that's great, that's perfect. Um, 
people don't get many comments on their posts because they're usually quite average. So if you're like commenting on someone's post, they'll love you for that. They're like, oh my God, I have a comment. <laughs> uh, and they'll be like, yay, Joe, wow, Joe's like an amazing person. She commented on my post. What does Joe do? Oh, Joe is like bookkeeping stuff. I, oh, I need a bookkeeper. No, she seems nice. You know, so reaching out is really, really important. And me and Andrew had this idea once of um, creating one fun a day. So we, we did this in the early days of Twitter. We don't do it anymore, but it worked really, really well when we were first starting. And we basically just sent a video message to someone that didn't know us. And we checked them out. We did our due diligence. We thought, okay, they could be a good customer at some point. Um, they seem nice. Let's reach out. Um, we just did a video like, hi, you don't know me. I'm P. I, I came across your profile, uh, Zoe. And, you know, I've been watching some of your reels. They're really cool. Uh, it'd be great to get connected. And by the way, like, how did you deal with that spider? What happened? Right. And then, and that's it. And you ask a question, it's not about business. You're not trying to sell to them. You're just trying to build a relationship. And people appreciate that. And you get to know them. They keep following you and, and slash or you have another conversation with them and it leads further down the line to a sale. And you can be as proactive, not pushy, but proactive as you want with that. Or you can kind of just make the connections and let fate decide. But um, I think there's something about just making those one-to-one -one connections. Um, if you were... If you were to say to us, if you could do only one thing on social media, that's what we'd probably do. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. You, yeah. you you mentioned as well, um, call like having a call to action, and I think that we forget this as well, don't we, when we're posting and reminding people. What's the best way to to do that? On well, I suppose anything. It's difficult because it depends on what you're doing. But it, should you be consistent? Should you always have a consistent call to action on your posts? No, I would, it depends what you want people to do. So we, we call, there's, with every bit of content you create, you should have one most wanted action. So you need, when you're creating it, it's like, what do I want people to do? Do I want people to comment on this? Do I want people just to like it? Do I want people to book in a discovery call? So like have that in mind and then think about the best way you can do that with the call to action. So for example, on Instagram stories, often we'll just want people to reply to them. Like just swipe up, send us a reply so we can like start a conversation. Um, if it's more of a sales post, it would be like, right, what, how do we want to get the sale? Like what's that very first step? Is it like booking a call? Is it sending them to a, to a landing page? Is it like getting their email address in some way? and like testing different ways we can do that but yeah you you're gonna want to mix up the call structures i feel like yeah. if it's the same one on every post it's gonna get lost over time this is like this is something to do with like the sales process that is 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 almost like a, a whole nother live interview but it, it's like the, the way that we find the most effective for our business is getting people onto our email list and from our email list, we will do some kind of promotion to them or we will get send them to a webinar or something like that. But we get them on our email list because once you get people on your email list, then you can continue to nurture that relationship very quickly and get the sales. Um, typically speaking, most sales posts on social media completely bomb, completely flop. But there are, there are some ways to do it. Um, um, but yeah, it, it's, it's usually a case of getting them to do something else first. Mm -hmm. So if you're a bookkeeper, I would potentially, um, get them to download something from you or to watch uh, a training or something or a webinar, something like that. That could be a really proactive way to do it. You reach out to someone, you get to know them. They say, oh, I really struggle with this. It's like, oh, well, you know what? I have a webinar on that. Like you could watch that if you want and you go watch the webinar that upsells them your services or a trial period or just a discovery call or 
a setup meeting or whatever, and then that goes into upselling your main service. Uh, you, you, I think a, a sales process is good. Otherwise, you will find it hard to be salesy or get sales from social media, if that makes sense. It does make sense. And I, I, I feel like, I don't know, I, I wonder, I don't, it sounds quite complicated for someone who hasn't got a, a download or a webinar to send people to. And I think, I personally think if you're starting out, just at least having a way for people to book a call with you yeah. means that hopefully you'll get their email because they've booked a call and you have a chat with them straight away and you cut the you cut out the risk of losing them along the way because you forget to email them or, you know, you've got to be quite disciplined, haven't you, to keep it up and make sure you're building that relationship. But also people aren't always ready to buy from you straight away. So yeah. they kind of want to know, okay, is there like, is there actually, if there's something for me for free, maybe I will be even more engaged than I would be just by following this account. So it's, yeah, it's a difficult so. one, isn't it? And you know what, the whole like giving away your time and expertise for free is debated. A lot of people say, do not do that, like charge for your time. In our opinion, that changes depending on how busy you are and how new you are to business. So if you have lots of leads coming in or a way to get business without having to give away a ton of free stuff, then like, that's cool. If you are just starting up in this, then giving away some of your time or some of your expertise for free on a one-to-one -one basis, I don't necessarily think is a terrible idea. I know when we first started, obviously it's a slightly different industry, but it is similar in that it's still B2B. We um, had, a, had a marketing agency. Once a month, we called uh, our zombie days. We ran what we called zombie days. And it was free marketing advice. So people could book in for like, it was, I think it started off as an hour and then we cut it down to half an hour yeah. session with us when we would talk about the business and give them a ton of advice completely for free, no upsell whatsoever. Um, we called it our zombie days because it was a no brainer and we thought that was cool. <laughs> and it was one of the best ways we got clients, wasn't it? Like back in the day, we would just once a month, we would spend all day giving away advice for free building up our expertise, people would book them in, people would love what we do. And then they would say like, how can I get more of this? How can I, how can I kind of work with you? That might not be a terrible idea for a bookkeeper, like a day where you just help people out with their accounts, answer kind of any questions, especially if you're just getting started and kind of looking for clients, really low risk where. Yeah, I, I did something similar where I, I said, you know, I'd I'd give people an invoice audit if they're raising invoices, but wasn't sure if they had the right things on there and what numbers did they need on there. And I talked to them about invoice number sequencing and right. things like that. But half an hour, or I'd say, send me your invoice. I'll do an audit for you. We'll jump on Zoom for 15 minutes or so. And then all I asked in return is like, would you drop me a testimonial or a recommendation on LinkedIn or something like, did you enjoy that session? Just, you know, and I, I did that yeah. in, and, and that that's how I got my first three clients. I love, I love that. that. I think that's really, really, really great way of doing it. I also love the fact that it's, okay, We this is something that we love to do or get people to do, but if you offer something for free, like an audit, they send you what you need to do the audit, and the invoice thing is a great idea, and then you don't, you don't deliver it to them. You give it to them on a call. And that's so important because then they get to know you, they can see your face and you can also then sell to them on that call. And I know you didn't sell to them on that, but you could have, um, or you could have invited that conversation on. Um, like you could have asked them some questions. Uh, you could have asked the question uh, about what they struggle with most when it comes to bookkeeping. Um, and then you could have said, oh, you know what? Well. I actually can help with that. I'm a bookkeeper. Like, would you like to know more about my services or not? And then they can say, yes, I would like to know more or no, I'm not interested. But if they say yes, then you're into a sales conversation straight away. Oh, I love that. I, I think it's a really good idea. And hopefully people, there are lots of people here who are starting their practices. So this is a really good way that you can just get started and get some traction. So uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing what people get up to. And you, okay. you could do that like via your content, you could promote that, but you could also again do that in your one fan a day reach out, you know. You reach out to businesses all day, every day, and say, you ask them a question, and when they reply, you then say, 
by the way, I'm offering an invoice thing. You might not need it right now, but when you do, let me know. I'll be there for you. Um, and, and this is the, the important thing about that as well is you don't go in for it straight away. Like if you if you were to message someone called and say, hey, I do this free invoicing check order, it seems a little bit forward and forced and rushed. Like the falling into a sales funnel. Yeah. Yeah. So just you just want to have two or three steps before it. And that'll make it so much more authentic and real. Yeah. I love that. And then you and so that's where you can use comments and get to know people and just have that conversation and then take them in and say, hey, look, if you fancy it, I'd love to have a chat with you and just keep it breezy. Yeah. yeah. Um, OK, well, so I've, I have to ask you about um, I think we, we advertise this as like getting noticed with an atomic marketing strategy. What do you think the things are that people could do? that would really help them stand out what do you think no one's doing in this space that if you ran a bookkeeping practice or you're an accountant or something what would you be like this is what we need right now i don't think i've seen the naked bookkeeper yet uh, <laughs> as, a, as an account uh, yeah yet was the important word in that sentence <laughs> right who's going to be first <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't all fight at once. Uh, <laughs> if you start a trend, Pete. <laughs> I'll, I'll have three tomorrow. Reach out with a, with a personal video message. Oh, I forgot what the question was. What would we? <laughs> what would we do to stand out? Serious kind of serious kind of answer. Um, I would. I would be asking myself, like, what. What kind of content do I enjoy creating? I feel like that's really important. Like, if you want to stand out, you need to do it consistently and you need to have some kind of personality. So if you hate writing, then, like, blogs are not for you. Don't feel like you need to do a blog. If you feel quite comfortable on video, then, like, do a reel or just, like, start your Instagram or YouTube account or, or whatever. Um, I would also be thinking it kind of touches on what Pete said before. And it's a tricky question, this, because there isn't, like, one answer. Because if we had one answer and everyone did it, all of a sudden it wouldn't be, like, you can stand out. But I would be thinking, like, what types of things can I talk about that's going to be useful or entertaining? Like, that is the purpose of your content. It needs to, like, make someone smile or it kind of needs to teach them something. If you can hit them both at the same time, even better. I think for bookkeepers, we've talked about this a lot already as well but like what what do your ideal customers need to know what are they going to find useful and how do we do that in some kind of engaging way whether that's reels whether that's blogs whether that's a podcast yeah yeah and and okay. just remember like it you can be interesting without being daft or stupid or mm -hmm. acting like a clown the, there's so many so many ways you can do it you can be you can go really in depth. You can do something really graphical. You can do something to music. You could do something uh, just really, really interesting with lots of facts, fact finding missions and a little bit of history in there. You could be very witty. Um, th there's lots of clever and other ways that you could get across your content that you, you don't have to think that you have to be, you know, dress up as a clown or be naked or anything like that. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. I, I can't wait to see what happens next. So <laughs> I'm ready to like check out the comments. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the things I've thought is that there um there aren't a lot there are lots of accounts on YouTube doing like how to use this particular feature in a bit of software, but mm -hmm. there's no one really talking to camera about what they do or how they do it or like there's loads of stuff that I feel like there, there's loads of opportunities on YouTube, but also like on podcasts, like talking to your clients about challenges they've had, how they've grown, gives you the opportunity to show people how you've supported them, gives you lots of credibility. Uh, I yeah. think those kind of things could be really interesting if you're comfortable having those conversations. And it's so quick, like things like this, where you can, there's no, well, you can, of course, you can edit it and make it really professionally, but you, it is so easy to set up and speak to a camera on your computer or on your phone or whatever and you can get this content out there just like that 
So I, yeah, I think so that's don't so be much. afraid of like what bookkeeping basically is is like holding getting um sense of your numbers so your business can grow quicker. It's like that's what people actually want. Like it's like they want their businesses to grow. And if your content can get attract those people that are interested in business growth, they're gonna be interested in having a bookkeeper if they like don't have one already. Like I do not know any company out there that is grew quite quickly that does not have a bookkeeper or they said I don't want a bookkeeper it's like it's usually one of the first things to kind of outsource right yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> unless you're a bookkeeper yourself obviously um although I don't know do bookkeepers outsource their own books is that a thing <laughs> bookkeeper is that a niche I don't know <laughs> um what was I saying I've completely lost my train of thought oh on the tools as well yeah our accountant will often send us like new tools that have, have like popped up yeah. I feel like that's really interesting. I, mm -hmm. like really cool. Like there's Fluidly. I came across one recently. I forgot its name now. That you connect to Stripe and it kind of like forecasts out like your Stripe subscriptions and stuff like that. Really interesting for membership owners. The, sorry, the, you, you triggered the. Um, you know, like on TikTok or Reels, you'll see like a. Hey, here's like an amazing website that you've never heard of. Part fifty-seven, and then they tell you a website. Like, a bookkeeper could so do that. Like, here's a, a financial tip or a, a financial tool that every small business should have heard about but hasn't. Here we go. And then they talk about whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We, we don't do this enough. We don't do this enough. Zoe, I can't believe you just added YouTube to the list after everything we was talking about. And then you're like, yeah, just stick to one. But YouTube would be really good as well. I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> no, no, no. So, but um, I mean, everyone's still getting over. I mean, people talk about having OnlyFans versions of bookkeeping now and everything. Yeah. <laughs> you started off a whole thing going on. But um, no, I, I, I think it's, there is, I know we said that about content rich, content poor. I think that People do not want to be told how to do bookkeeping, mm -hmm. but they do want to know a little bit of the inside knowledge and things. They want to see, you know, like they're interested by us. They're like, why? Like, oh my goodness, you like doing this? You like doing numbers? You weirdo. Um, and But being a bit different with being like, you know, people do think that we're a bit, but we can be fun. And then that would be, that would be like, wow, you, you're a real geek, but you actually have a laugh as well. Like people, people like to see that, you know, the fact that everyone's got other sides to them as well. Like my sister, and she hates me for that. So she's in my business partner, but she's just written a steamy novel and she's actually written four of them. And I'm wow. like, oh my God, she's a bookkeeper by day. And then she writes all this stuff in the evening. And I think it's the coolest thing. Then everyone's like, she, is that she likes reads this stuff as well and it's hilarious because she was trying to keep it quiet from her family and we've just been like no we're telling everyone and we all went everyone to read it and she's really freaked out but show the other side show what, yeah. what I else, her personality yeah we need a new bookkeeper <laughs> <laughs> we actually hired our accountant because we've been with our accountant now for i don't know seven eight years and when we first set up in business 10 years ago, we um, start, we did a ton of networking events and you meet tons of accountants and bookkeepers at networking events. I don't know if you knew that. You probably did. Um, but our accountant, the networking event was closed and she would ride. She told us I rode my scooter to the networking event and we're like, oh, that's pretty cool. And we thought it was like, like a mini motorbike kind of scooter. And then one day we found out, oh no, it was like one of those like children's like push scooter things. And that made us think, oh my God, she's even cooler than we thought. <laughs> and we told her how cool it was. And then she started bringing in the scooter into the networking events. And then during the 40 second pitch, sometimes she would like do a lap of the table on the scooter. And like, we weren't making it on the table, on the table around, around the table. The table. And, like, we weren't making any money at this point, so we didn't feel like we could afford an accountant. But, like, we knew who our accountant was going to be. And, like, we said to ourselves from, like, day one, like, when we hire an accountant, we're going with we're going with Donna. <laughs> I love that. That's so much fun. And that's it. You, you liked her as a person. You knew she, you know, you knew she knew her stuff. 
Yeah. You don't need to know how she did the stuff. This is the difference. You need to know that you can have a conversation with her and the area that you don't really like, that she would take care of that. But you can have a conversation and you actually like her as a person as well. And that is what we need to really get our personalities out there in on a platform that works for us, that we enjoy being on and doing our absolute best. And I completely get, I, I think we said done is better than perfect because bookkeepers are very, they will find every which way to procrastinate and <laughs> become the perfectionist. Yeah. It would still, it would be their best, 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 best effort. But by the time they got it out there, they would have scrutinized it and then they wouldn't post it. So I think we, I and I get what you mean, do your best, but mm-hmm. still just get it out. And you're always going to get better. If you yes. don't get started, though, you will never improve. So you exactly. do need to get started. Um, I've, I've absolutely loved our session today, guys. Um, thank you so, so much. Um, oh, my goodness. Sarah's just said she could post about her skateboarding. Yes, yeah. Sarah. Do That's it. Awesome. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So you should, yeah. you should go do like reels on a skateboard. Yeah. It's like don't post like yeah, you can post about you, you don't need to post about skateboarding. Like post about bookkeeping or post about business growth. On the skateboard. On the skateboard. Or use the skateboard yeah. in some way. Love it. Yes. Amazing. Oh, look, thank you so much for taking the time out this afternoon to help us. I think we're all feeling really inspired. I have no idea what you've just inspired in this group, though. No, we need to, like, sign away from it. Yeah, we, we should not be held responsible for any... Uh... You are being banned from Facebook yes. for inappropriate posts. <laughs> Oh, well, um, do you do you want to know, um, do you want to let people know how they can find out about more ways to get banned from Facebook by connecting with you on other social media yeah. platforms or hear about your membership? Before the end of the week, <laughs> then go to andrewandpete.com. Um, we have a membership um, for business owners. We actually have a content course called Content Mavericks, which is all about creating content. Um, that's now membership, which is £39 a month month on month. So if you wanted to um, dig a bit deeper into how do you make actually, um, how do you do standout content, then I would definitely check that out. Yeah. Um, yep. We also have an event coming up in November called Atomicon. And we would love to see you guys there. You're going to get fired up and given the confidence to go out there and be your authentic yes. self and host out there. And you guys are doing a meetup the day before Atomicon, right? On the 8th yeah. November. We're meeting we up have. at an amazing restaurant and yeah, we got a few, yeah, we got a bookkeepers meetup and um oh my god, I'm so excited. I've never been to Newcastle. I actually am so excited. Um and now and the hotel and everything looks amazing. So um yeah, I'm I can't wait. So uh, many. It's gonna be on the stories all the time. Okay. <laughs> Newcastle is such a good city. I cannot wait to welcome you both here. Oh <laughs> can't thank wait. You. Thank um, you so much. Yeah, we will um We'll see you there. And yeah, everyone go and connect with Andrew and Pete. If you fancy coming to an amazing event later in the year, we're going to be at Atomicon. So maybe we'll see you there. And for those of you who are here with us for Bookkeepers Bootcamp, don't forget to join us again tonight at 8.30 in the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club. We have the final challenge for you to win some of those amazing prizes that we've been working towards um, only in the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club. So 8.30 tonight. See you there. Have a great evening. Bye. Thanks for watching, everyone. Don't forget to join us every week on the Bookkeepers Podcast with Topical Bookkeeping Chat. Why not join our free Facebook group, the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club, or visit us at sixfigurebookkeeper.com.